have your Bibles, if you would quickly turn with me to the book of Revelations, the book of Revelations, the 21st chapter. <clears throat> Don't get nervous all because you see Revelations. Amen. I have a word, amen, that I want to encourage you. Sometimes you say Revelation and folks think we're going to talk about the, the, the beast and the fire coming out of his mouth and all that riding on a horse and not today. I might do that another Sunday, but not today. Revelations, the 21st chapter. <clears throat> and uh, I want to begin reading at verse number five. I'm going to begin reading at verse number five. And uh, you, 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 at verse number one, rather, let's start at verse number one. And it says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I want you to pay close attention to verse number five. Verse number five, it says, and he that sat up on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he that sat up on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. I want to talk to you all for just a few moments or as the spirit leads from verse five, uh, from the subject matter. Good news for a bad day. Good news for a bad day. Let me start off by saying that sometimes we think that we are the only ones who ever had a bad day. And while I would not minimize the problems we're facing these days, I would point out that very few Christians of our generation have ever faced the kind of challenges to their faith as did the original recipients of Revelation. You have to understand that Revelation was written to seven churches in Asia Minor. And these people had truly come and have experienced many bad days. In John's day, to confess Jesus as Lord would land Christians in more than just hot water. 
their livelihoods and possibility of their lives were at stake. These people were desperate for hope. And the book of Revelation was commissioned by God to do exactly that. You know, we all need good news from time to time. Uh, how about today? Somebody, you in need of some of some good news. I know it look like every time you pick up the telephone, it's bad news. Every time you search Facebook on the news feed, it's bad news. Somebody today listening to me, you're in need of good news today. And so as Christians, we must never forget that we possess something unbelievers will never have. And that is our hope. I said we possess something that unbelievers will never have. And that is our hope. Whatever you do and wherever you go, please don't lose hope. Now, this world can throw anything at us that it wants to. But how many of you all know that there's coming a day when our hope will become reality? Our hope will become sight. And so when you look at this fifth verse, I don't have time to deal with all five verses unless I preach too long. And so when you look at this fifth verse, where it says, then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, this is John speaking, right, for these words are true and faithful. I want y'all to highlight that verse. I need you to highlight it. I need you to <clears throat> put a check mark by it. Put a put a put a mark by it. Put a dot by it. Because I see several things in this verse. <clears throat> the first thing that I see in this particular verse is I see the one who brings us hope. I see the one who brings us hope. Look at how the verse starts. Then he who sat on the throne said, you have to understand that this is the God of Isaiah, the sixth chapter. You remember when Isaiah went to the temple one day with a heavy heart, his king was dead. His country was facing a mighty uncertain future. Sound familiar, don't it? Uh, it was then that Isaiah was given a vision of the almighty he saw that God was right where he was supposed to be, sitting on his heavenly throne, still in control. How many of you all know that God is still in control? It doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter how we feel. God is still in control. Isaiah said, he says in the book of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, Verse number one, in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And so Isaiah's lofty view of God gives us a sense of God's greatness, a sense of his mystery and power. You see, the Lord gave Isaiah a vision of his exhortation and majesty. Isaiah saw the Lord. Notice how he saw him. Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on his heavenly throne, high 
and exalted. And so obviously this was the highest, most elevated throne Isaiah had ever seen or imagined. It was the throne of the King of Kings himself. It was the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you go over into the New Testament, the Gospel of John, it confirms this fact. For John clearly says that it was Christ sitting on the heavenly throne in all his glory and majesty. You know, the Lord was exalted as the sovereign God over all the universe, above, before, and over all that exists, transcending everything. He was exalted above all rulers and governments throughout the universe. He held dominion, he rules, and he reigns over all powers and principalities, both in this world and in the spiritual world. And so the first thing is, he describes the one who brings us hope. I hear a song that said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And I dare not trust no sweeter frame, but totally lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, when all other grounds are sinking sand, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. And then I see something else in that verse. I see the hope that God brings. It's right here in the verse. It's right here in the verse. The hope that God brings. Notice that he who sat on the throne, he says, behold, I make all things new. Ah, glory be to God. Behold, I make all things new. You know, I don't know nobody under the sound of my voice that don't like and enjoy new things. Oh, y'all come on here. The fact of the matter is, if somebody had a hat on a new watch today, doing praise and worship, you'd have waved your hand a little more. Why? Because you had on something new. Just in case you went out and bought you a new garment, you would have been standing up praising the Lord because it's something about having something new. It just makes you feel better. Well, we're not talking about the physical here. We're talking about the spiritual. He says, behold, I make all things new. What will that time and place look like? Oh, glory. Just think, just think. When he makes all things new, life will be perfected. The day is coming when God is going to perfect human life. He's going to make a new heaven. He's going to make a new earth, a perfect heaven and a perfect earth. He's going to perfect all believers, everything, all of heaven and earth and all that is therein shall be perfected. There is no greater hope than this glorious promise of God the promise that he 
himself, the God who sits upon the throne, the God who rules and reigns. He's going to perfect the universe. And then somebody say, we're going to a place. Oh, glory be to God. How many of y'all know we're going to a place one day? Yeah, I don't mean, I don't mean to uh, upset nobody, but this world is not your home. And we live as if we've come here to stay. But I need y'all to understand we're going to a place. Well, somebody said, Pastor, where are we going? Well, if you know your Bible, St. John, the 14th chapter, it'll tell us where we're going. Jesus talking to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he says, what in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. But I go, here it is, to prepare a place for you. How many of y'all know God's gone away to prepare a place for you? You need to understand it's a prepared place for a prepared people. He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will do what? Come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And I don't know about you. I really don't know about you. Oh, but I look with great anticipation of going to that new place. I might not get a new house in East Lake. I might not get a new house, no place. But I have, oh, I hear a song. I have a new home. Some of y'all ain't heard that song. I have a new home. Hey, over in yonder city. Hey, anybody looking forward to going home? I didn't say today, but anybody looking forward to going home? We were blessed to have Trent, our son Trent and his wife and our grandson Jack to stay with us while they transitioned, while he transitioned to another job. And they stayed with us for three months. And, and, and today they, they, they were packing the car last night and leaving out today. So between Bible discovery and starting 11 o'clock service, Trent was putting the last stuff uh, in into his car on his way to a new home. You should have saw Jack. Jack was excited. Jack said, I can't wait to see my new home. Hallelujah. Well, I, I wanted to preach to Jack today and let Jack know that, yeah, where you're going, in Breed, California is very nice, but there's another home hey, that these homes do not compare to. Y'all, we're on our way. And how many of y'all know that every day that you wake up, we're just another day's closer to experiencing that new thing that God has promised us. You know, we're going to a place of no more. I'm trying to give somebody some good news in the midst of your bad days. Hallelujah. Take your focus off of what you're going through and, 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 and focus on the word of God. We're going to a place of no more. No more separation from friends and loved ones. No more tears. No more hurt feelings. No grief. Certainly no disappointment. 
There will be no sorrow because we will possess all that Christ had for us. There'll be no more brokenness, no more disappointment, no more regret, guilt, failure, weakness, no more inadequacy or incapability. Oh, what a day that's going to be. No more homelessness, starvation, hunger, and thirst will be gone. Well, maybe I'll come down your street. No more arguing. No more fussing. No more cussing. Uh Uh-oh. No more decisiveness. No more drugs. No more evil. Immorality, bitterness, or burdens. And no more heartache. No more bad things that cut the heart and cause the heart and the eyes to cry. And this is the part I like. No more death. Look like every time I answer the phone, it's a death call. Somebody's telling me somebody has transitioned and made their way home. But there's not going to be no more death. And how many of you all know we all owe God a death because of sin? But in that place, I'm talking about the New Jerusalem, there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more hell. No more of the grave, no more pain, physical, emotional, or spiritual. In that place, all pain of any stripe or condition will have been banished. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to my new place. And not only will we enter into a new place, but we're going to have a new name. Can I tell y'all when we get to heaven You're not going to call me Gary. I'm going to have a new name. Not only am I going to have a new name, but I'm going to have a new song. Oh, he says, behold, I'm going to make all things new, a new heaven and a new earth. And so as believers, as believers, we possess the hope of a new place. Ah, fix your eyes towards the prize. We have a new place. Well, thirdly, let me deal with this, lest I talk too long. What about the assurance of our hope? The assurance of our hope. Notice what it says. He that sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And then John says, he gives us the assurance here. He said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Ah, I don't want you to miss it here now. He said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. You see, John was instructed at the beginning of the book. When you go to Revelations The first chapter, he was instructed at the beginning of this book to write. And at times, John had to be reminded to write. Did y'all know John had to be reminded to write? Because it just appears John became so captivated with the visions that he was too awed to remember to write. In other words, God would show him some things and, and John was like, oh God, he would just bask into 
the heavenlies. And so John had to be reminded, <laughs> glory, to write. And so regardless of the awesomeness of the vision, John was still told to write what he heard as well as what he saw. And notice what he writes here for the assurance. God gave a double declaration. He declared that his words are true ah, and faithful. I don't want y'all to miss it. They're true and faithful. By true, he means true as opposed to false. In other words, he's not lying. He is God. Therefore, what he says, it will happen. Somebody write whatever God says, it will happen. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what the devil just spoke to you. Whatever God says, hallelujah. Here's the good news. It will happen. And then by faithful, he means that he, hallelujah, will do exactly what he says. We all can count on it. God instructed John to write down all that he said. Because he said, John, you got to write it. Hallelujah. Because when they read it, they need to understand. Hmm. It don't matter what's happening in the White House. It don't matter what's happening in your house right now. They need to understand that whatever I decree, it shall come to pass. If God said he's going to save your son, he might seem like my God. He's getting worse and worse. But I got a word for somebody. God is true. Hey, and God is faithful. And if you stay faithful to God and you trust God's word, God will put him under spiritual arrest. God will take her, clean her up, and do whatever he says that he's going to do. Theologians and Bible scholars they often refer to the uh, immutability of God, the immutability of God. And simply put, this word means that it is impossible for God to lie. Don't let the big word scare you. It just simply means, and glory be to God, that it is impossible for God to lie. It is not that just that God does not lie. Mm. I don't want y'all to miss this. It's not that God just don't lie. He, in fact, is incapable of lying. Oh, y'all need to hear me here. God, if somebody asks you name one thing that your God can't do, here it is. My God is incapable of lying. Oh, glory. I found one thing that God can't do, and that is God, he cannot lie. Whatever he says, he's going to do it. Well, in the book of Hebrews, man, I'm feeling good, but I'm almost finished. In the book of Hebrews, the sixth chapter, 
verse 17 and 18, he says, thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise. Who do you think are the heirs of promise? You better declare I'm a part of the heir of promise. It says the heirs of promise. Ah, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. And then verse 18, that by two immutable, in other words, unchanging things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong support. Mm. Who glory, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Y'all need to understand, we have strong support when we put our trust in God. Why? Because God cannot lie. Your best friends have intentions and they have very good intentions, but sometimes circumstances, sometimes situations cause them not to be able to fulfill their promise. But you don't have to worry about intentions when you deal with God because God is incapable of lying. He said, I swear by my name. He said, put my name on it. Hallelujah, that whatever I say is going, is going to come to pass. If you put my name on it, Hey, you don't have to vote. If you put my name on it, you ain't got to worry about nothing. Why? Because uh, that's what that word oath means. I, I swear by my name. And so wondering if God, if you're still wondering if God will keep his word about this promise of hope in a dark day. Listen, not only can he, Hey, but having made the promise, God has no choice but to keep it. And how many of y'all know he's a keeper? Yeah, he's a keeper. Somebody ought to shout, he's a keeper. I know he's a keeper. I know he will fulfill his word. Ah, notice Paul said, Timothy, Paul said in 2 Timothy, he said, he abided faithful. In other words, God is faithful. And then he says he cannot deny himself. In other words, God's going to stand up. Hey, God's not going to buckle under the pressure. God's not going to be persuaded by anybody. God said, I can't deny myself. I am the almighty. I'm omnipotent. Hey, glory be to God. I'm my God everywhere. I know everything. I cannot deny myself. And so God says, I must be faithful. And that's why he said in Luke 21 and 33, heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word, guess what? My word shall never pass away. They can try to twist it. They can try to turn it. They can try to deny it. They can try to improve it. But God says my word that I have 
spoken through my prophets that I've spoken out of my own mouth shall never pass away. That's good news, my brothers and sisters. That's good news for a bad day. First Kings 8.56 says, Blessed be the Lord that have given rest unto his people according to all that he has promised. There have not failed one word of all his good promises, which he promised by the hand of his servant. Whatever God told him, that's exactly what God did. God said, I'm going to bring you out. That's what he's going to do. If God tell you he can ready to open up a door, that's what he's going to do. If God said he's going to heal you, I don't care how sick you get. That's what he's going to do. Whatever he promised, God is faithful. God is faithful. And God is just to do whatever he says he's going to do. And so just as God finished the work of creation and Jesus finished the work of redemption, the Holy Ghost, the Trinity will finish the entire plan of salvation by inviting the redeemed into a new creation. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become as new. And so I want to know as I close, are you trusting him for salvation? Are you trusting him for your deliverances? Are you trusting him for your way out? If you are, then guess what? You can also trust him for hope in a dark day. There's a there's good news for a bad day. Stories told of a man who worked for the for this refrigerator company. And this man one day went into work real early. And he opened up the refrigerator door and he kept it open, thinking it would stay open. And someone came along and closed the door. And it was cold. It was way below zero. And that man began to beat up on the door. It was the end of the day, the shift. Everybody had gone home. And everybody, he had knocked on the door. He had hollered. He had screamed. Oh, he exhausted himself, exhausted himself. He just knew he was going to die right there in that big refrigerator. And so he resolved in his mind that it's over. He resolved in his mind that I'm just going to die here. Nobody, nobody's going to hear me. And by morning time, I'll be good, cold, and dead. So what he did was he climbed into a corner, put himself into a ball, resolved in his mind he was going to die. And the next morning when they went into the refrigerator, sure enough, the man was in the corner, balled up, cold, and dead. And when they did the autopsy on him, the coroner's office came back with the report. Besides freezing himself to death, they let everybody know this man gave up hope. Because had he just searched around for a little while, there was an emergency latch on the door. And all he had to do was hit the emergency latch and the door would have come open. I need somebody to know 
Get out of that corner. Don't ball yourself up. There's an emergency latch. God is. Hey, he's our everything. He'll bring you out. He'll bring you over. God will bring you through. The devil will make you think you're going financially under. Somebody ought to declare, I'm not going under. I'm going over. Why? Because my God shall supply every last one of my needs according to his riches up in glory. And the cattle upon the thousand hills belong to my God. And not only does the cattle belong to him, but the hills belong to him also. Somebody said, I'm struggling today. I'm done. Somebody said, I'm struggling, Pastor. I'm struggling with this sin thing. I feel like the Apostle Paul, that the things I would that are good to do, Pastor, I just can't do it. And the things that I find that I shouldn't be doing, those are the things I keep getting myself wrapped up and tied up in. Well, you can declare like Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? How many of y'all know that Jesus is still a deliverer? Jesus can break every shackle. He can break every feather. Jesus can change your life today. Jesus can change your desires today. Jesus can change you from the inside out and from the outside in. And he can do what no other power can do. And so I hope I brought you some good news today in the midst of maybe you having a bad day. And we all have bad days have nothing to do with you being saved or not. We all have bad days. But you know what my testimony is? My good days outweigh my bad days, and I won't complain. Every eye closed, every head bowed quickly, nobody looking around. And he that sat up on the throne said, Behold, I make, I, the Lord God, make. Who are you looking to, to make that way for you? Who are you looking to, to open up that door? Who are you looking to, to provide for you? He said, behold, I make all things new. And he said, right for these words are true and faithful. The same words he spoke to John, I want you to know they're just alive today, that God's word is true and faithful. Whatever he says he's going to do, get ready, get ready, because God is going to do it. Remove all doubt. Remove all fear. Fear is not of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. You're not getting ready to go crazy. Don't worry about it. The devil, I don't know who I'm talking to, been trying to convince somebody because you couldn't find your keys that you were you were going crazy. But the devil is a liar. God is going to give you peace in your mind and in your spirit. He's going to give you a sound mind. He's going to continue to love you and wrap his loving arms around you. These words are true and they are faithful. Now, God, I thank you 
because your words are true. Your words are faithful. Thank you, God, because we know you cannot lie. You declared in your word that you swear by your own name. And we know that your name is above every name. Ah, glory be to God. That there's something about your name. And God, we thank you and we praise you for your word. And God, I pray that you would allow your word to saturate our hearts and our spirits. Help us to meditate on your word, God. You declared it wasn't going to go forth void. Help us to activate, activate your word in our lives. Help us to live by your word. Help us to walk by your word because your word is true and it is faithful. God, sometimes all we have is your word. And we thank you because your word is enough. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our pathway. God, thy word, have we hid in your heart that we might not sin against thee. Activate your word, God, in our lives. Now, God, if there's one here today that don't know your darling son, Jesus Christ, as their personal savior, God, I pray that you would save them before it's too late. They cannot come unless you draw them. God, draw them before it is too late. We thank you and we praise you. We magnify you and we glorify your great name. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Somebody put those hands 